Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 135 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am so pleased that you are here today. I'm actually coming at you from a different studio, so if the sound is a little bit different, um, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I am going to a fun thing tonight at the Exploratorium in the city, and in order to make the next interview work, I had to be here. So in fact, let me click over, and if you're on the YouTube, we can show you a little bit of downtown San Francisco. It's really not that thrilling a view, but um, it is when I make it turn sideways like that. That's fun. So just a little catch up. We're going to talk to Amy McNee today, and I actually haven't talked to her yet, so I can't build her up the way I usually do people. Um, but I have every assurance um, and confidence that she is just as awesome and wonderful as she is in her emails. And we're taking a little bit of a different slant today. I usually talk to published writers. Today I'm talking to a non-published yet writer. So I think that's going to be really fun and different. So please stick around for that. A little update around here. Boy, everything feels like it's going kind of smashingly. I had a piece come out in the Airbnb magazine on (laughs) middle-aged pride. So talking about um, being queer and the pride festival when you're in your mid forties and just want to stay home and eat pizza and play board games. So um, that's gotten a really good response. I will probably link that in case you want to look at it. They did a really cute illustration of me and my wife, and I love that she's got the blue hair, and I had lilac hair at the moment I wrote the piece a couple weeks ago. So my hair is lilac in there, and that was really fun. Um, But it was one of those (sighs) times where I wrote the piece because somebody I know, another writer, reached out to me. She's an editor there. I didn't even know she was an editor of that in particular, but it's all about connections and networking. Um, so much of this job is about who you know. It is not, you don't need to know anybody to break into publishing at all. I was a slush pile baby. Um, nobody knew me and I got picked out of a slush pile in an agent's pile. So don't lose heart if you're not connected to anybody yet. But studies have proven, um, Data Guy proved a couple years ago that the more you network, the more money you make. And that is a simple equation because when I have a problem with something, anything, when I have a question about anything, I know who to call. I have a friend somewhere in the industry that I can call and ask my questions and ask for help and ask for connections. Um, so if you haven't started to get connected, there is still so much time. Uh, get out to a meeting in your area, get to a meetup. I talk about that in my writer's um, newsletter this week. So if you're not on that, you should get on that. And you're connected to me. You have me as a connection. If my voice is in your ears, then we are connected in this way. Reach out to me with questions. I'll, I'll always either help you or tell you who can help you or if it's a big question how much I charge to help you but I'm around I'm available I'm accessible so use that um real quickly I'd like to thank new patreon supporters um first of all creepy cheese uh creepy cheese you freaked me out um by your name I was (laughs) but then I um gently stalked you and you seem like a delightful person from the same country as Amy that we're going to be talking to today and so thank you so much for your support uh Jennifer Harris is a new patron as is Michelle 
uh, burger. And uh, Jennifer and Michelle are at the level where they get coaching from me, um, as is Ellen McCoy Beatty. As is Mina Marita. No, Mina Marita is just a normal Patreon supporter. So uh, bumper crop of Patreon supporters this week, including some new coaching people who I talk to every month and help with their work. So you can always find out more about that at patreon.com slash Rachel. And now I need to hang up the phone because I've got to talk to Amy. Really looking forward to it. And then I've got to go to the Exploratorium and try not to touch anything because that place is usually filled with many children who are wonderful. I love kids, but I don't love their germs. So um, I hope that you're having a wonderful time. I hope that you're writing. Happy writing to you. Come over to howdoyouwrite.net and tell me all about it. And we will talk soon, my friends. Why, yes, I do have a Patreon. I write essays about living an honest, creative life. And truly, they're the most important thing I write each month. I wouldn't be able to afford the serious time it takes to write them without the support of my benefactors. They are true patrons of the arts in the old-fashioned sense of the word. If you become one of my sponsors for as little as $1 a month, and seriously, those $1 pledges add up and are amazing, you'll get each essay as I write them, as well as the full backlist, more than 24 essays that I'm really freaking proud of. Other perks at other levels include being thanked in the acknowledgments and getting a signed copy of each new book I write. You can even get monthly coaching from me at a cheaper rate than I normally offer. Go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, to find out more. And thank you so much. Okay, well, I could not be more pleased today to be talking to Amy McNee in Sydney. Hi, Amy. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm so good. So glad to talk to you. Uh, we were just for having me. saying beforehand what everybody always says, but you are living the future. You're in my tomorrow. Yeah. I know that yeah. tomorrow comes, so that's good. Let yeah, me give you good here. Good. Excellent. I always love that on New Year's and when that happens. <laughs> um, let me give you a little introduction. Amy McNee is a writer, speaker, and mentor who writes 16th century historical fiction. Using her medieval degree, which specialized in sex culture, her stories explore the power of the feminine. She has written and spoken about creative living and creative community for over six years, and she is called to create spaces where artists can feel safe and seen. On Instagram, she documents her own personal journey as a writer, a vulnerable behind-the-scenes insight into the life of an unpublished author. You can find her at a cafe in Sydney with a black coffee, her journal, and her West Highland Terrier, Frodo. Um, just kidding. Frodo is a menace and can't be taken anywhere. <laughs> I love Westies. They're wonderful. Oh, they're, they've got a lot of personality. They sure do. <laughs> so I'm really excited to talk to you because I don't normally have unpublished writers on the show. And, I, and I, I'm really enjoying the idea of getting your take on all the talk that goes on around you um on these kind of podcasts like first of all what what do you like listening to what are you what are you moving toward kind of give us that overview yeah so I've been writing for like um maybe seven or eight years properly like writing novels for seven or eight years um I'm on to my third novel now and I've got two of them uh sitting in the slush pile on publisher's desk excellent um yes so I've been involved in this writing community for a long time uh thriving off podcasts like yours and the writing well and things like that that really give me a sense of a writing community um which is what I've really craved throughout this whole process because it can be so lonely especially when you're not published 
published and you're not like in the scene. I was, it's so funny that you say that because I have been thinking about that this week. I just wrote a letter from my email news group about community. And just before we talked, I filmed my intro, which I don't usually do till after the show, but yeah. I started talking about how important community is. We can't, we can't, we, I mean, we can do this alone. We technically can. And I yeah. did write my first book all about my, or my third book, but the first it was published by myself, but it's uncomfortable. So how have you created community for yourself? That's such a good question. Um, similarly, for my first book, I did it all alone and I became, I, I got very, very bad anxiety. Um, because as you said, like you can do it alone. Like, you know, you don't need anyone to write your first book or any book. Um, and so I did and I felt very isolated, almost crazy for things can be published. Um, and I realized that I needed uh, people around me with the same dreams and desires and the same like lust storytelling. Um, and so I started documenting my journey on Instagram and it just spoke to people. And I realized that we were all kind of craving the same thing. That kind of grew. And now I've got my own podcast and my own blog and I feel like I have this beautiful online community of writers, of mostly unpublished writers, who just get to share their stories as we walk this journey. Isn't that incredible that you get to do that? You know, 15 I years know. ago, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had this opportunity to do this, to have this connection with so many people. It's one of the best parts of being a writer today. So what does your exactly. writing process look like? Um. It ebbs and flows. It's a lot. Um, recently, my husband has started writing his blessing to me um, because we do it every morning now. Um, we go out to a cafe, get a coffee, and we both write at least 500 words. So that's how I get it in it. That's wonderful. You broke up a little bit. He's writing a what? He's writing his first novel. Oh, that's so exciting. So I've, I've convinced him to join the join the gang. <gasps> I wish my wife would do that. She won't. We have, oh, yeah. I've actually tried to talk her into NaNoWriMo multiple times, but she's an artist. So I'm, I'm a little bit jealous <laughs> oh, okay, of that. Fine. <laughs> so you always, yeah, so that's been wonderful. So do you write your first drives at, drafts at the cafe mostly? Yes. Mostly at a cafe. I love the buzz and the noise around me. Yeah. Um, like no one's interrupting me, but I can feel the world moving around me. Yeah. It's good. Perfect. What is yeah. your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, I think because I am unpublished and because it's only me requiring me to write the book, um, it's kind of like being your own boss. That can be very hard because nobody's expecting my work yeah. um, and essentially no one really will really care if I, if I don't write it. So it has to be come from a place of my love of storytelling. It has to come from a place of trust that, you know, my creative work has a place to go. And um, that takes a lot of emotional effort. And every day I've got to make sure that I'm in a good space so that I can keep writing my stories when no one's requiring that of me. So a lot of people who are listening are going to be in the same position. And you have already proven yourself to be a success at doing this. You managed to finish books, whereas I I believe the statistic is 80% of America, this is particularly for Americans, but 80% of mm -hmm. Americans want to write a book. They say they want to write a book. And 97% of those who start a book do not finish. Yeah. So you've already wow. finished two and you're into your third. And so you say yes. that you need to get into the right headspace. Can you give us a little bit of how you do that on a day that you don't feel like doing it maybe? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so if I'm in a bad headspace, it will be a lot of negative self-talk. So a lot of the work that I do now with other unpublished authors is just making sure that the stories that we tell ourselves are healthy um, 
because as storytellers, we're really good at telling ourselves really, we can tell ourselves really crappy stories at times. You know, I'm, I'm not good enough for this, or I never published, you know, all of, we can get quite big in the stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, with, yeah. Like for a long time, I was sitting in a space of every day waking up being like, this is ridiculous. I'm crazy to think that I can do this. So for me, when I wake up now, I sit and I listen to how I am inside. I listen to what my thoughts are saying, like just kind of taking my emotional temperature. Um, and I make sure that I'm very uh, attentive to how I'm feeling so that I can respond to myself in the right way. So me coddling like a child out we're going to get you a coffee we're going to sit down at the cafe we're just going to see how we feel or if I need more of a strong hand you know and I'm like let's go we got 500 to do we got to go 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 but it's all about paying attention to how I'm feeling in the moment I love that I have a meditation practice and in inside the meditation practice um I always ask myself what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And, yeah. and I really don't usually know how I'm feeling emotionally until I ask myself. Yes. Uh, you know, and just, and just exactly. paying attention to it. And, and, you know, people could do this in their car on the way to work if they're careful. You know, they could, how, uh-huh. how are my emotions right now? Yeah. You, you do it in the shower in the morning when you're up and you just go, Hey, like, what's happening today? Yeah. What stories are you telling yourself? Yeah, it's great. It's a good practice. Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. Um, what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Oh, many joys. Um, I love um, – I did a degree in medieval history, and uh, but my biggest joy, I think, is just getting to use all the stories that I learned and, like, integrating them into my own worlds. I – I love writing history. It's really a joy. Like nothing pleases me more. Um, and it's so nerdy. But when I'm writing something in my head, I know this actually happened. <laughs> I can't believe I've never heard it called hisfic. And if I or hisfic, if, oh, if I if I haven't, I don't remember it. That's great. I always love. Maybe those it's an Aussie things. thing. Maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. can you share a craft tip for any of us? Hmm. Well. Recently, I've been going through a real, my book is in its true first draft stage. I'm writing a lot of crap and it is hard to get through that. Um, and, but you got to do it. You got to let yourself write bad work. And so what I've been doing is I've been putting the brightness on my screen all the way down so that I can't <laughs> reread anything <laughs> and I just go for it. And um, I'd normally put a timer on and I just do like 20 minutes of blind writing and it really helps not being able to just even glance over the last sentence you write because it just stops you being like, oh, what am I doing? That, you just have to keep going. That's wonderful. I do something similar sometimes on the really bad days. I make the font size like like you know ah. half an ant size because what I need for my own – anxiety level is to be able to see that there's something happening on the page. Like I'm not just, I didn't accidentally switch apps because otherwise yeah. I'm going to keep turning the brightness. Yeah. Up. But yeah, so I can see the cursor moving and I can't see what it's saying. And I love that. And it's such a simple mental trick and it just gets us out of the way. So are you more team first draft or team revision? You know, I would normally say first draft because I like the freedom of just being able to tell a story, but I am so excited to revise this book because it is just truly not in a good way. 
how how so? What it what is what are you struggling with in getting this this crappy first draft out? Is it more plot or character yeah, or, or I think, all of it? I think it's a plot situation. We are meandering all over the place. Nothing is really happening, but there's a lot of words. <laughs> you just described I, every one of my first drafts. <laughs> I always forget to include uh, yeah. plot. Yeah. Yes, uh, that little nugget. <laughs> but the nice thing about so, writing is we can always add anything back in in revision. That's where the magic exactly, happens. Exactly. Like yeah. that's literally that's the beauty of it. And I've been talking a lot with writers recently. Like it's harder than it sounds, but just let it be. Just let it be crap. <laughs> I've said a couple times on the show recently that I only recently realized that I'm never going to be the magical unicorn who doesn't write a crappy first draft. You know, I I kept thinking I would get there. Like someday I wouldn't have to, Mm -hmm. but no, it's just true. I'm always going to have to write a crappy first draft. And that's, and that's fine when you, when you embrace it. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes I, I love to take my really most terrible drafts and put them in like my writer Slack channel or like in a class that I'm doing. (laughs) And and Mm, it's good to share it. (laughs) It's good to share it. And recently I shared a piece and, uh, and one of the students was like, Oh my, that's really bad. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you're you're right. It is, and it kind of made me feel proud of how bad it was. Yeah, look how you transformed it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I haven't transformed it yet. That was a first draft. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <who knows? laughs> so, what is the most what is the most exciting thing in writing to talk about when you're with other people? What do you always naturally go back to? I actually find that uh, rather than talking about the craft, obviously I do love storytelling, I do get pulled to this like community uh, writer topic because I'm so about other writers connecting with other writers and making sure that we have um, space to feel validated in our work and space to connect with like-minded people because for so long I didn't have that. Um, So if I'm in a group of people, especially writers, I'm going to be talking about um, how we can get together, how we can support one another, um, yeah, and community. How has your writing life changed since you started doing that? Just drastically. Yeah, like, really? Tell me. Drastic. Well, I'm well now. I'm mentally much mm. uh, in much better place. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety is much more under control and I don't have as many depressive episodes um, I got a hold of my stories, so the stories that I was telling myself. I think I think you say that you were born a writer and you will die, and that's how I always felt. But it was always attached with this um, like, like cloud of shame mm. that it was very shameful to want to just tell stories for a living, and that's what I really want to do. I want to like be a writer, and I'm uh, writing stories the whole time, but continually berating myself for wanting to do this. And so when I was able to reach out. To and, and talk to people who wanted the same thing as me, it validated my own dreams and own desires. And I was able to sit back and be more comfortable with this like core dream of mine to tell stories for a living. That is so lovely. I, re- I remember that I had the same feeling, um, the exact same feeling, and it disappeared. It really disappeared. It was one of those overnight transformations in my life when I realized that even my, you know, my first book was kind of fluffy and romantic and, um, but I realized that maybe it would help somebody in a hospital when they were waiting for a loved one to come out of surgery or if they were there alone. And since then I've gotten not, not a couple, but 
many emails from people saying this got me through the worst night of my life when, you know, my brother was in the hospital or whatever. And I think that that's like, we're actually changing the world by storytelling. We are transporting people and changing them and hopefully making them better human beings by the virtue of our stories, right? That is exactly like, I believe that like in my heart, I believe that like we are world changers in the most magical way. Yeah. What was the, um, what was the book as a kid that changed you the most? Oh, I hate to be the one to say it, but it was Harry Potter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm feeling my age, but (laughs) Um, I'm like the same age as Harry Potter and Hermione and everyone. So I grew up with them. Oh, that must've been really fun. Oh, it was super fun. Yeah. It wasn't great when I didn't get the letter, obviously, but (laughs) (laughs) I moved on. Mine was Anne of Green Gables, and I just remember that. Oh, I love Anne. Yeah, I just remember that transforming me. And she's the reason I want to – I wanted to be a writer. Like the inside of this ring I had engraved when I was like 16 or 17, and it says because of Anne. And I think that engraving has actually worn off, but I know it was there one day, you know. one off into your soul. <laughs> the gold has gone into my bloodstream. It's probably not that healthy. Um, okay, so what is the best book that you've read recently and why did you love it? Um, I actually read Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard book recently and it was just fun and I haven't read any of his things for a while and it was just delightfully playful but a little bit dark and it was good. I've never really read fun. him, actually. I hate to admit that. And I love everything he does. I love Coraline. I love his um, mm. anything he talks about writing, but but I've never read yeah. him. So maybe is that a good one to start on? Yeah, it's an easy read. Okay. Yeah, you should start off that. He is a big inspiration for me. I love the way he creates community with writers as well. Yes. And he's so generous and giving. Oh, that's so gentle. That's why I'm such a fan of his. Just just mm. from that, yeah. I okay. So. Would you tell us about yourself right now? Where can we find you on Instagram? I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. wants to follow your Instagram and listen to your podcast. So tell us where those are. Yes, so my Instagram is inspired to write. I love that you got that handle too. That's so great. I know. <laughs> um, and my podcast is actually called Unpublished. So um, on that podcast, I talk to unpublished authors. Oh, that's so and cool. And we, we talk about um, the journey before we, in inverted commas, make it. What are you going to do when you're published? I know. Well, I, I can think of it all the time. I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'm going to have to hand him on. <laughs> I kind of love that idea. Yeah, like a generational thing, or I just pass it on to the next person. And you know what I love about that is it's just all about you and community. That's, you know, and that's gorgeous. Oh, you are Mm -hmm. so delightful. I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk. This has been wonderful. I know. I feel very lucky and blessed to be here. Oh, my goodness. Well, now we're friends and now we are community. So reach out if you need anything anytime. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And have a wonderful day in my tomorrow. In the future. (laughs) Exactly. I'll let you know how it goes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Amy. (laughs) Bye-bye. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.